0: You're listening to Lewis Stevens on Epsom Hospital Radio.
1: Epsom Hospital Radio.
2: Well, movies, boy, have they not? They developed over the decades, haven't they? Do you remember those things we used to? Those things we used to go into the centralised institutions where we'd all gather, called cinemas. It was that like small groups of us, if you remember correctly, would congregate in this giant front room. Where the heating had been turned down a bit too much, the volume had been turned up a bit too much, in my opinion, and you'd you'd pretty much be paying to watch an hour in adverts. I'm sort of reminiscing now on on the risk of going well, you know, we could we can sit in we can sit in here for 20 more minutes. The movie doesn't start when they actually say it starts, and it, and you sort of risk it, and then you'd 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 run down the corridor. Maybe you enjoyed the adverts. Coming to think about it, cinema adverts always had that something special about them. They were a bit premium. They weren't, they weren't your quick attention grab. You know, TV adverts, when you're sitting on the sofa, they're trying to get your attention quick. Cinema adverts, you've got nowhere to run. So they, they put a bit more time and effort in it. Actually made it a bit more enjoyable, thinking about it. I quite like it. Popcorn, that was priced. That was really high. People used to rumour that it was, it was costing more than gold. I guess if you tried to offer that at any reputable supermarket, they'd probably laugh you out from the counter. Or well, nowadays, you probably just you wouldn't find the self-checkout popcorn slot to pay with, would you? Your, your first, I see, your first real sense of freedom. You know, you, you went in these with your with your mates when you were young. You and your friends, several of whom had no intention of swimming, swimming immersed in the immensely visual, audible, and sometimes incredibly cinematic art that you had spent your parents' money to experience. He said they just want to throw that priceless commodity popcorn around the cinema for the giggles. The floor was sticky. Yes, the floor was sticky. But first, Netflix came along, and then lockdown, and it signalled what seems to be a bit of a revolution for film. You can stream from your front room with cheap snacks. You control your heating a volume of which do you desire and a toilet break thinking about it that won't miss any of the film you just press pause and go over there but you know aren't we always in our front rooms at the moment where's the escapism in that how likely are you to pull out your phone halfway through or be distracted by something that being at home brings emails family relatives where's that special cinema feeling gone The silently deafening, unique ambience that you sensed after your ticket is checked and you're looking for screen number two. The initial sweet and salted popcorn pig out. The bag of sweet sweats. The shoes off and if no one's in front, feet up. The jacket on or jacket off and then the lights go down. And the spectacle beyond your control is about to be showcased to you with that little... Can Netflix ever create that excitement? Maybe, maybe they could, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe I'm just being nostalgic. Maybe the cinemas need a bit of an upgrade. I don't know, like IMAX, but you know, IMAX was a bit crap. You know, I want to be guided like Charlie from Willy Wonka through a virtual reality maze of pure imagination, using 5D technology or or 5S. Five S technology, five five senses technology. Touch s- touches, touch, smell, feel, hear. So you could touch, smell, feel, hear, and even like taste somehow. But what like watch out like what you ta- keep keep your eyes open. You don't want to you don't want to be tasting anything weird in a in a talk. <laughs> but you you know. Yeah, and it wouldn't always have to be that technology, you know, you could, you could have that classic sort of film that came along that reminded you of the old days, you know, where you actually had to sit down, think and search for a bit of meaning, but then, you know, don't, don't do that too much because you go and watch Iron Man 43 and, um, you know, you'd be in a room where there'd just be wind blowing, heat coming out from the explosions, you're flying through the air, your chair's throwing you left, right and centre. With your goggles on, you can look around. I mean, that, to be fair, that sounds that sounds bloody wicked for one of view, But you know, I'm, get, I'm getting ahead of myself now. I guess this is also a political podcast, and we should meditate on some political ideals and values. Thinking about it, um, and how accessible would this be to regular working class, regular people like you and I, or middle class you know why, why 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 am i thinking in classes well that's the political world we live in and would that be accessible to everyone we need to make sure that we create a future where Iron Man 43 is available for everyone to watch and on that note nathan hanwin filmmaker director
0: i went on tour and to try and kind of pinpoint anything that was would stand out to it um is almost impossible um, it was exhausting, it was tiring. It's not healthy. We were only on a tour for three weeks or so, but it's not a healthy experience being on tour um, by any means. But I think, despite Paul and I, we were making we we're making a film, you know, essentially at the end of the day, that it's still a capitalist venture, um, we still learnt so much as people. You know, we, for me, I kind of think for Paul himself as well, you know, we didn't know these parts of. Um, the Midlands, Britain, the, the historic industrial towns that have had that been destroyed by austerity, both left and right wing governments. Um, the place that we read about in the news almost every day. But so actually to experience this was was really, really um, incredible. Yeah, definitely. A positive learning experience. Wayne.
2: Hello, everybody. Sorry, first time I've got to say anything to you aside the um the beautifully nostalgic piece of music slash writing that me and Rhys Crowber collaborated on on the first bit there. It's Lewis here. This is me, Lewis, host of the podcast. The guy you just heard before that is this week's guest, Nathan Hanwin. What's interesting about Nathan is what you just heard him talking about was his documentary that he created on his second year of university. Which he raised twenty over twenty thousand pounds from people on a GoFundMe page to go and follow the iconic band, which is one of my favourite bands, Sleaford Mods, around the country, which sold out cinemas all over Europe. It's called Invisible Britain. If you're interested, another piece of notable notable works is Scales on Amazon, and this is one of my favourite episodes. I think I don't know. How I say it every week, but I really enjoyed the way this one went. Just a quick warning, a bit of swearing in this one. There's not usually swearing in it, so if you're offended by swearing, you can go and listen to a few of the other podcasts. If you think you can handle it, stay tuned. It's a good one. As again, massive thanks to Reese for creating that piece of the music over the writing earlier and to say thank you. This week's Wayne music guest will be Reese, and you'll hear a few of his tracks throughout this podcast episode. Thanks for coming back as always. It's an Epsom Community Podcast. I'll get on with the show now. Enjoy. So, I was just, so like the attitude of the Sleep of Mods, like the Sleep of Mods tour, and as a result, the documentary was about obviously airing the frustrations of the working class during the run up to the 2015 general election. And it does this, I think, by reflecting on feelings of being overlooked or invisible, as the title suggests. The film does this by putting the working class community that follows the band in front of the camera and allows them to vent on a platform which wouldn't have been possible without the band itself, which I think makes a clear case for the power of the genre, punk music and anything sort of following the suit. And aside the obvious political punchy and funny lyrics that Sleaford Mods do, I've developed somewhat of a of a theory as to why the actual music was so effective in enabling this type of community. So bear with me on this one. Andrew Fern's input is sort of a simple, repetitive but incredibly powerful ravey type sound, which was obviously a huge musical part of working class culture in the 1990s. Um, I recently heard someone describe that rave scene as the first real big musical counterculture for a long time where the crowd itself were the spectacle as they sort of turn to face interact and feel something together instead of glorifying worshipping the individual on stage which is something thinking about it now that jim morrison used to be quite into he was always like crowd participation getting in uh, and sort of believing in that mentality um as i think the sense of nostalgia towards an established focused group practice of looking inwards to create a sense of belonging that make Sleaford of Mods such a powerful example for music, I kind of fear this collective community mentality has been lost a little bit amongst younger generations. And I'm just interested in hearing if you think there will be a resurgence in this type of community, political, crowd, education, sharing, collaboration, or do you, do you see it is evolving into sort of something a bit new?
0: I think, yeah, no, it's a good question. It's a really good question. It's kind of like difficult to pinpoint, like an exact answer. Like, I'm 33 and I, like, literally, I don't understand what young people think about it. and Like, you know, I feel so out of touch, even though I, I'm not a great deal older than them. Um, you know, to, to the Gen Z, I, like I I don't understand any of the TikTok or Snapchat or any of that rubbish. Um, but I think, yeah, it's definitely evolving. It's evolving. It will never happen again. You know, like the punk scene will never happen again. The rave scene will never happen again. The 60s will never happen again. But I think it's evolving. It's evolving something out of just music. <clears throat> because of, you know, the, the rise of all social media and like everyone's born with a smartphone now, really, isn't it? And kind of connected via Facebook. Um, What it, the community is evolving into something else what that something else is though i don't quite know um but it's evolving that's the main thing yeah
2: i definitely think it's it's definitely a case of we don't know what it's going to be because i guess if if either of us did know what it was going to be <laughs> we'd be the prodigy of of our art, of our genre <laughs> yeah. when it, when it comes out i wish we did know what it was going to be yeah yeah um, uh because the uh, reason I asked you this question is I was listening to a podcast recently and this guy uh he he made a comparison between um these movements like you said the 60s and then the 90s mm. and he basically what he said was is that there, there's constantly a battle between two but like going on between types of culture so sort of in the 60s the hippies were born and then th- their kids hated this crap, you know, this hippie yeah. stuff. And then they wanted to go the complete other way. Hence, yuppies were born. Uh material <laughs> materialism grew. You know, people didn't want to be spiritual and love anymore. They wanted like Wall for Wall Street style lo- type life, like lifestyles with you know, with cocaine money mm-hmm. and-, and and champagne, basically. Um, and then he said, which was really interesting but then what got born from them was their kids they hated that materialistic lifestyle they saw the sort of emptiness that it left their parents with so then gen- generation x came along when <laughs> yeah. nirvana and and rock music and 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 this sort of you know starbucks originated as a result of of like the sort of a rebellion against this scene because they didn't want to be drinking champagne with their like right. you know they wanted they wanted to sit in in an area like Starbucks, where coffee was cheap. A musician could sit in the corner of the room. They could all chat about the latest book they've read, or, or like anything like that. That's totally against money. You're
0: making Starbucks sound cool. How are you doing that? Like, yeah, exactly.
2: You know, but it, it started off in. But then, yeah, if you yeah. look back at Nirvana and that is cheesy cool. Now you look back and go, "Cool, these guys thought they were cool." Like, just, yeah. look at their baggy trousers and their weird long hair. <laughs> yeah, and then and and then as a result, after that though you know there there seems to be this sort of like 30 years like 15 years each a sort of a a counterculture gets before the next one like the next generation start to overcome it so then at this moment in time we are at a place now where individuals are running Instagram accounts you know and virtue signal into thing and you know people were just people the we're on this transition phase between I know it's a community that supports you know, these these influencers and things, but they're only saying it to maintain their followers. It's this celebration of the individual again. But mm-hmm. as you said a second ago, we're edging towards like a community-based thing. We're not sure yet. Do you think that there is, a, like, I know you said you don't understand social media, but you obviously you can see how there might be a future in it if, if we can get it right, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, Instagram is, you know, so big and obviously Instagram is so commercial as well. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, I, I, I think people understand now that it, how commercial it is. People understand, like, Carly Jenner has, like, a massive social media marketing team and all this. People are kind of getting savvy to that. Um, but, yeah, so we, obviously we talked about new, well, the previous cult is kind of existing within the music scene, whether it be punks, hippies, ravers, whatever. They're all physically in a venue or a field or whatever together. Um, the, the new counterculture might, might not exist physically. It might be something that exists only online. Um, yeah, you because know, there's so so many ways to talk to people online now. Like, you have WhatsApp, Discord, Facebook, Zoom. It's it's the ease to communicate online is easier than it is to communicate in person now.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's almost like there's there's like a group of there's like a group of different groups that make up one big counterculture you know online like because you can almost you can almost connect with with anyone in the world like let's say I really like and I've got a thing for I'm going to look around the room I've got some uh, broccoli I've got some broccoli over there I'm a big fan of broccoli I love the stuff you know and I really want to join a broccoli gang but when I go out in the high street in the pub and confess my love for broccoli there just doesn't seem to be to my kind of people around, you know. But the, the internet enables these broccoli lovers to connect in in a big way. <laughs> yeah. And then if, and then if these, but then if these broccoli lovers have noticed some kind of social issue that they want to jump on board with, they can jump on board as broccoli lovers supporting LGBTQ. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and it, yeah. and it, and it seems to be like what this has enabled is there doesn't have to be a normal mainstream way to live. You haven't got to be into whatever mtv or, or or one platform decides is is cool or has decided to give a light to you you can belong to your own special group but then you can then part of a group choose the bigger issues which in a way i think is the sort of counter culture that you know I, I don't know if it's just a generation i'm from but i really agree with this one you know because y, you were able to use that pressure to make general strides in in things like lgbtq rights and you know yeah. x or y ever, ever social movement
0: well, I think it's obviously it's also the ease of sharing because of the internet. So I'm, what I say, I'm 33. So when I was in school, it was when the kind of the second giant generation of skateboarding got big. So when you know the Tony Hawk's game came out, there's loads of bands like they're all crap. You know, it's like Link, Link, Biscuit, Puff, Rodeo. That was all really big. The Strokes are getting really big. Um, the Strokes aren't crap. I love the Strokes. Um,
2: yeah, the new album. Have you heard it?
0: No, I haven't. No, it's oh, a good man.
2: It is the old Stroke sound back. Oh, I couldn't believe good, it. it I That's listened great, to it the other day. Yeah. The, it's, the, the adults are talking, which is the main one. The video is hilarious, by the way. And um, and the song is wicked. Like, exactly what you want from the Stroke. Straight back to That's what sorry. they were. But, yeah. Sorry, oh, carry yeah. on.
0: Yeah. Oh, but again, anyway, at that point, you know, we were, what, like 13, 14, 15. We fifteen. We're kind of like, you know, it's straight up, you a trendy or or you a grunger. <laughs> that was kind of the thing. Yeah. Or, or I was. But we, even at that age, we, we had no other access to, to stuff really we listen to we are uh, we consumed our stuff via um like bbc you know bbc one and two channel three and channel four maybe you have sky or whatever at that point um and then you get stuff from mtv whether you listen to mtv2 mtv bass uh you know these music channels we if we wanted to learn about broccoli loving we couldn't now now there are these things even though broccoli loving existed it was just a (laughs) yeah yeah but but if people can you it's so much easier for young people to get access to things they might want to have they might want to learn more about than it was 20 years ago when i was a teenager you know
2: yeah which is yeah sorry
0: i know i was gonna say that's that's a really good thing this is where you know the ease of not a single counterculture is as a whole group directed in one way but lots of smaller groups who will kind of find a common interest and i think that's the way that countercultures are going
2: yeah which is awesome because you can you can band together for your love of broccoli but you can decide as a group that these are your values it's not like you have to do you know what i mean be confined to one thing obviously yeah. to, to say and and this is where it so I've, we've come out i think well we're coming out of, of quite a toxic social media era purely because it had just been born I, I think but like do, do you do you, the issue of it now is obviously people just jumping on top of causes uh, because they know it's going to get them likes but then do you know is that even really a bad thing as long as the cause is getting getting spoken about then
0: well you yeah, know I think yeah definitely yeah, people are you know these, these social media mega uh, megastars not even the mega stars, they're the ones who are you know might only have you know a few hundred thousand followers which is a whole lot more than I do but you know it's not you know ten million or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously these people will be jumping on it because you know they they are chasing fame. You know, with yeah. this, so I don't want to sound negative. You know, not all of them are. Um, yeah. But I think yeah, <laughs> everyone's human. At the end of the day, you start you start doing some stuff and earning a bit of cash for it. You know, you kind of like the cash and the lifestyle you can get. You're not going to give it up.
2: No, and you're also going to find every justification. As to why so it's going. a good thing that you yeah, yeah. I, I I see that they t- t- set up that TikTok mansion. I saw a documentary for the other day where all, a load of big TikTokers are online, mm-hmm. and you know, it it just seems that any of the questions that the persons asking them about previous mistakes they've made in in order to get the fame, you know, controversial posts, they mm-hmm. just sort of apologise for, and and you know, and I don't know, it, it's 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 a strange one.
0: Yeah, I think it's good if these these big social media influencers can be honest about it. I don't think that's an issue, but I don't think where the consumers aren't at a level where they can accept, or they can accept apologies, or really understand what these people have done to get this big, you know, or perhaps the sacrifices these people have made to to get this big, you know, it's difficult. Yeah. Isn't it?
1: We don't know, there's something
2: For you earlier, this is Wayne Music. We play local bands and musicians. Two more Reese tracks come throughout the episode. Let's get back to also, it. So, uh, the point I was trying to make is what people don't actually realize now is there's a war with social media companies to get people famous quicker because they know that it pulls in more traffic. So, yeah. the, the example used was like there was a thing once where Ashton Kutcher raced someone. Bollywood or something the first to a million followers on Twitter or something and (laughs) and it was at this big countdown and it took like a month you know and it was this massive social media push and it was this real thing but now what places things like TikTok are doing is they're trying to make sure that like control the algorithm so people get famous easier and it makes more famous people more fame but making the famous individual less important to themselves because it's actually you know you're competing with a load of other yeah yeah famous people
0: it's like it's diluting their value a little bit you know if they like it's almost like they're saying you know anyone can get famous through this shit now you know your achievements don't really mean that much to feel No,
2: and where does it leave you like you're not like yeah. in 20 years you, you're you're really going to be scraping the barrel to even get a tribute like a oh do you remember when that guy that he's on a panel show now like people generally won't remember you if there's a new famous person every That's two it. weeks
0: you might yeah you might have 10 million followers now but in ten years' time, you'll be on Celebrity Big Brother, and <laughs> if you're on there, well, you know, yeah. it's going downhill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the, well, the dangers
2: you might not even make Celebrity Big Brother anymore. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> you, you might generally like my brother listens to drill music quite a lot, yeah. and these artists are, are, are quite into it. And I and I heard Jay Cole speak before, who's a black rapper in America, and he said like, don't he said to, like, don't be fooled by the by the white kids basically following your music. Like, they will forget about you in 15 years. Like, that's the way music is at the moment. Like, be smart when you make a bit of fame, basically. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a really, really sort of important thing for people to take note when approaching the next aspect of social media, you know?
0: Well, that's it. We're talking about, like, drill music. I know it's not quite drill music, but, like, this is the type of music I don't really like. I don't know it very well. So maybe I shouldn't comment, but. It's like SoundCloud rap or trap or something like that, and you get these young guys, and they get like their faces are covered in tattoos, black and white guys, and um, like they look fucking great. Do you know what I mean they look shit hot? Um, but this type of music is going to be around for like five more years, uh, <laughs> and then then it's going to drop off. And what they're going to do? Do you know what I mean they'll be twenty five, they're covered head to toe in tattoos, and they probably have spent all their money. Like how how can they get on with life after that? You know. I don't. I can't understand that for these young people to be kind of, you know, uh, excelled into this. Obviously, it's the record companies excelling them into it because they know they can make loads of money from them. Um. Yeah, I suppose that's the same for any young band, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
2: I get well, and 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 also like again, it's then the mental health aspects of, got like being Icarus. You know, they're all flying mm-hmm. high, and then in a, in a few years when 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 the industry drops them, like music industry so famously do with fans. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so so Sleeper so you interviewed, like what I know they're still releasing singles. Are you still keeping up to date with with what they're doing, and and uh, is their future still looking promising?
0: Yeah, well, as far as I know, like I, was, I, I I speak to Jay, Jason, the singer, like every now and then, um, wow. just over Twitter, um, but it's not like we we're like really good mates. We get on; it's absolutely fine. But it's like when we are making the film, like it's a documentary. Like I never wanted to get too matey. I still wanted to, yeah. It's able to be objective about it um, so it wasn't like I was there to try and make friends it was, which sounds bad to say obviously I wanted to be friends but it's not like I want to be a, I'm there to make him <laughs> with my friends you know they're when making a film at the end of the day. the um, but from what yeah. I know they, they keep going from strength to strength since we worked for them they've done Glastonbury three times maybe it would have been the fourth if it wasn't for COVID I'm not entirely sure you know they've been on Jules Holland they're signed to rough trade now it's just you know they're, they're smashing it
2: yeah, yeah. And, and where did it start for them? Do you know a bit more history about the band?
0: Oh, not entirely. I know it was up in Nottingham, kind of in a bar um, called The Chameleon, I think. I don't know if it's still there or not, but um, I, I think The Chameleon was the, the main place they kind of met and first started gigging, but I'm not entirely sure.
3: I don't want to overhide A habit of romanticising looking for perfect all the time ignore the overhanging vices but here's my thesis she's the queen kinesis makes me dream up sweet releases i'm defeated i miss her on the weekend thoughts of her repeating she don't even know that i'm existing will she hear this it gets to it, we yeah, have been common The parallel lights our overlap Overlaps half an hour if that It gets to we yeah, have been common The parallel lights our day Overlaps half an hour if that Well I'm stunned Wondering how to overcome Set myself up to fail Well done Sit back and regroup Ruminating to get through I guess what we have in common The parallel lines day Overlaps half an hour if that I guess what we have in common The parallel lines day Overlaps half an hour if that know that I'm existing, will she hear this? I guess what we have in common The parallel lights our day Overlaps half an hour if that I guess what we have in common the Parallel lights our day Overlaps half an hour if that I guess what we have in common the parallel lines are day overlaps half an hour if that. I guess we be, have in common. The parallel lines are day overlaps half an hour if that.
2: Mm. Mm, indeed. Reese with parallel lines. My personal favourite. You'll have one more from Reese towards the end of the podcast. And that'll be right at the end. For now, let's get back to it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. And so you, again, we go back to the to the tour, and a lot of it was focused on the people that that were that were listening, and the people that was inspired. Um. And it was obviously quite left field, I would say. What? What? Oh, what definitely. You was, yeah. And yeah. And that
0: work,
2: yeah. So, yeah. And that work sort of that sort of idealism continues on throughout your work um is that was like is that why you got into film or is it just a result of the way you think uh
0: not really with the Stephen Wads thing we were never like we only wanted to interview left-wingers um we actually interviewed two people uh who were open about supporting um the BNP and you know being being massive UKIPers and all that um but the first one was so fucking drunk, Jesus Christ. There's no way, like, like we didn't even film it. Like, the guy was too drunk. You can't film someone that drunk. And the yeah. second guy, we realised how drunk he was after the interview. um, And he did say something. He did say yeah. something. <laughs> did
2: well, say these were the BNP supporters, sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't, you know, it was 100% of the BNP supporters we interviewed were smashed. It was two. Um, also, like, <laughs> The the other five hundred people we interviewed, um, who were left wings were pretty, probably kind of half cut as well. Um, equally yeah. drunk, <laughs> yeah. But there was one of them. the other guy, I uh, the other being the, the other more right wing person, he said something which, it sounded really quite unsavory, and as I said, after we after we done the interview, we realised he was drunk, and he, that's it's unethical to to you know broadcast something, of some drunk person's ramblings, you know. So we we just didn't include them in in the film. Um, why why does
2: it why does it feel because it feels like this to me that um, bands such as Sleaford Mods that are quite clearly well I, maybe it doesn't come across clear but mm. com- just commentating on left wing social issues. What, why do they accrue such like they do tend to accrue like a, a right wing following? They do, um, yeah, yeah. It, it seems to be sort of against what like it doesn't really seem to make sense if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Well, I think left, left wing and right wing has been blown out of proportion now. I mean, it's no longer really what it was. Um, like neoliberalism, neoliberalism is massive now, and this has kind of really emerged in the last sort of four or five years. But it's just anger, you know. Whether you're left and right wing, you it's and, and working class, sorry, it's likely you've been fucked over by the government. Um, whether it was, uh, Tony Blair, Gordon Brown. Um, David Cameron, Theresa May, or Boris Johnson, and even going further back than that, you know, it's likely that the government hasn't treated you particularly well. Um, so it's just anger. You know, There's just anger there, and you know, both left and right people are angry. So you know, yeah. that's kind of a sort of common ground between them. Um,
2: Everyone's angry. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, literally, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I don't, you know, I don't have the vocabulary to really pinpoint the right words um but it's just frustration a you know, frustration with the government and the government continuing to ignore so many people yeah
2: yeah and it, and it comes off it, ju- it just it it's always shocks me no it just surprises me about how many people seem to be arguing over some it's the same thing when it seems like they should be on the same side yeah. Um
0: well, and, well and, you know, was actually, sorry sorry to interrupt you. it's a bit like the specials you know back Back when the specials were big, you know half their half their audience were were kind of more these more like hippie types, and half of them were like this neo nazi type you know yeah, from what I understand you know um you know they the specials were similar in the way because you know their audience was a real mix, but again, the specials came at a time when there was you know big um political sort of unease and a big distrust in mainstream politics,
2: yeah yeah and it's just it's these big bands obviously do seem to rise when this sort of stuff happens Mm. Um, and it yeah it's it's always quite interesting to see how people react I just don't it just always confuses me at the level of you know the level of it but it does borderline hate doesn't it and the hate seems to get directed inwards instead of being directed from maybe the source of said hate um that and as I mentioned earlier to you that this rave music this sort of beat that this band are using is is the first what they what they're essentially trying to do is turn the crowd in on itself but not in an aggressive way like turning the crowd in on itself in a positive way you know you know about the rave scene and I don't know if you've yeah. been raving but you where are you from mate like how are you and you're chatting to the guy next to you and stuff and it's all yeah. brilliant and, and all right cheers man and then you walk off see you later and it's all about chatting you know and, and connecting yeah, yeah. you might you might just hug someone for no reason, just because that's the way the vibe is <laughs> going. Yeah, um, and I, I think it's interesting that as a as a community and a crowd, they they have they just they go in on themselves. And now that the new the new big thing for individuals is like meditation and 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 turning in on yourself and understanding what's going on inside to overcome this this sort of this new mental health. Pandemic, I don't want yeah. to call it that that, that. that that's rising, you know. Um, and and it's quite interesting to see that ev- everything sort of got, like seems to be going that way. About being a bit more reflective and 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 in tune with it, with each other, basically.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really no, it's really good. I'm glad that you know there is well through you know, oh, you know, unfortunate means there has been time for people to take this this extra time to reflect on themselves and kind of uh maybe evaluate things that they've done. Um, things that they haven't done and reassess things. Uh, Hopefully, you know, after all this COVID stuff calmed down, um, there is something positive that comes out of it at the end. It'll be very difficult. I think, you know, probably the hardest thing for anyone who suffers mental health is to kind of admit it, you know, accept it to themselves before they do it to anyone else and say they might be suffering any mental health issues. But hopefully with the, the amount of downtime which people will have had over the last, well, over 2020... Um, we can be at a, a point when it's easier um, for men and women, uh, younger, old, black, white, whatever, to talk about their mental health issues.
2: Do you think that cinema will eventually peril and perish um, as a result of this, or was it coming anyway, or do you see a bright future in the resurgence of the art form?
0: Oh, it's so difficult. Can you ask me again in six months? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't right. think I can
2: repeat that sentence. A few long words came out of me there. I know what happened.
0: Um, it, it, I don't Too tough think, to call. <laughs> I don't think it will die. I really hope it doesn't die, but it won't be the same um, to, to what it ever was. It will never go back to, to what it has been. Um, and that is isn't that, as a
2: result of the virus circling the room, is it? It's more of a, no, a, it, a result as people... F- the same reason people are ordering... Are going to be ordering, delivering, an Uber breach probably a lot more than going to yeah, restaurants. Yes, can be easier. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like we, we you know, like you know, cinemas are a business; they have to make money. So you know, we live in Epsom, right? And we've got the Odin here. The Odin has what, maybe six screens. All they show is fucking Frozen because they cater to their audience. We live in a suburban area with loads of kids, so they're going to show kids films. You know, they have to pay their rent, Um yeah. which is alienating so many people. You know, it's like. It, it puts you off No, having the idea that cinemas only show crap films is putting you off. If they actually took a risk and played other, showed other things more often, um, you know, there could maybe be a bigger audience, but they, well, they probably can't take the risk because they have to pay the rent.
2: Yeah. And they offer this out, they offer this Odeon sort of membership card where you pay 20 pound a month and you can yeah. go or 30 pound a month. You can go unlimited. It, I live, I live dead opposite Odeon. I can see it from where I am right now. Mm. If, if they had an in in not even indie film, just films I hadn't heard of before, you know, and and did it like a subscription basis, like Netflix would do, people would go yeah. so much more. I think, yeah, and and yeah. they've got to keep up, like you know, and what we mentioned earlier about about um sort of how so, how people are getting more diverse now. Social media has enabled different communities to connect to each other. You, there isn't just one blockbuster film anymore that the whole country is going to be bang excited for. You know, Star Wars won't come out again and everyone will be dying to watch it. Like, you know... The...
3: the price of living, tied to my traumas, can't kind help of feeling I'm
1: lost mm. Escaping who I am, just for
3: a minute, I need to feel something Sir
0: Kind of hope um, the momentum behind them kind of dies down, and the cinemas start putting on uh, more independent things, you know, new IPs, something different. But at the end of the day, it's a business. These things make money. Um, cinemas have to show what makes money. It costs so much to run a cinema. Um, they have to show what makes money.
2: Yeah, I guess it makes sense. You know that if they've set up ODM, I assume they are cinema lovers or they have an interest in film themselves, representing. You know, the brand and you'd like to think they're trying their best, but as it's a dying art form, I guess they've got no choice but to go where the money goes.
0: Um, I, That's I it, guess well yeah. a good thing and... about Netflix and Amazon Prime, because you know, they don't they don't have to pay rent so much, so they have other costs, but you know, they don't have physical sites. Um, they can put on kind of whatever they want. You know, the Netflix could put on some really weird film, really art house. Take a risk and if no one watches it in the first week, put it down. It's not a big loss, you know, unless well, unless they paid for it themselves. But, you know, if, if someone else has um, produced it and paid for it, they can distribute it for a week. And if it fails, it's gone. You know, you do that in a cinema, you've paid for it for eight weeks. Um, I mean, no one's going to see it, you, you're literally losing money.
2: How 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 does it work uh, with, with Netflix and how they pay their uh, the people they use a the film? Do they just purchase the film off the person or do they say if it gets this many streams we'll give you this much money like Spotify does?
0: Honestly, I don't know. I don't have any films on Netflix to be honest. I mean, each contract, I imagine, would be slightly different. Uh, we kind yeah. of all be tailor-made. There's no one thing fits all. But if Netflix... It's weird though. So it, although it might say Netflix original... That doesn't mean Netflix has made it um, or oh. paid for it. Um, it means they're the, the first people in the UK to be distributing it. Um, it's, it's kind of it's very intricate on wording um, and things like this. But... Um, well, didn't Joe like, yeah. Rogan just sell to Apple for like 100 million or something like that or Spotify or someone?
2: Yeah, it was, it was Spotify. Like, mm. like he's just gone completely on there. So there's obviously a big future for it. I mean, for instance, not to sort of take away from the, the, the platform that your art form is, is yeah. on, but um, like having a, not having the TV on when you come home every day from, from work and, and sort of, you know, like you can come into a routine, especially I, I imagine in family life and, or, 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 or sort of when you move in with someone just to get into the routine of just getting in and putting the TV on. You know, and then yeah. it's all sort of the information like is presented to you. Um, maybe not so much with big films; like films can 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 be making a real poignant point a lot of the time. But like sometimes with TV, you just you're just surfing the channel to find something to like grab your attention, and then you let it just sort of take you for a ride. If you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, uh,
0: completely. Where well, it's like you know, if you finish work, you come out and watch the news, watch EastEnders, watch Emma Dale, watch I'm a Celebrity, whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's just mind numbing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it and it doesn't it doesn't
2: it, it, it's all presented for you that it's designed mm. to just for you to just watch whereas me and Alex the other day were listening to a podcast while we were like doing dinner and doing the dishes or whatever and it sparked a conversation and we ended up chatting for like three four hours afterwards as a result of listening to the podcast because th- what they were saying had more depth you know and yeah. it encouraged a more, a more in-depth conversation from 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 us as as a result of it and I'd I'd love to see in the future for for living room's around the land to to sort of get to this point where it isn't again like we were saying this turning in on itself so instead of all the sofas facing the screen you know have have, have the sofas facing each other yeah, um, yeah. While, while while a podcast is playing and, and I don't know it, it like it, so it encourages more more of a
0: conversation you know yeah definitely it's you know it's, like it's I don't know why I've just thought of this do you do you remember oh shit It's called Keenan and Kel
2: yeah 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 yeah
0: I remember an episode I must have been like like 10 years old when i saw this it's something like i can't remember what the situation was they're moving into a new house or something they go to someone's house they don't have a tv and one of them turns around and says well what do you point your sofas at if you don't have a tv
1: <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's true it. isn't it yeah yeah the
2: simpsons, make, the simpsons make a lot of jokes about that don't they with you know as soon as well, the introduction for starters it that, you know, that's the it He's rushing home from the work day and then they get back and that's it. They, they all sort of sit in front of the sofa. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to be the, the ultimate sort of change in the way that we interact as families and humans, but I, I can definitely see it as being a positive step, you know?
0: I hope and, so. Uh, I hope so. You know, if, if people who got space and, you know, they at least got like a dining room or a small table where they could sit around and have dinner together rather than sat on sat on the sofa watching, you know, bloody... Love Island and have dinner there, sat at a table, where you can talk to each other. Do you know what I mean? That's brilliant.
2: Yeah. And and converse and, and have, mm. have something to talk about. Because mm. I don't know, if you've if you listen to a podcast and they go in depth and, and, and you're listening to an like an expert in their field essentially most of the time, you know, and somebody who knows what's going on, rather than just a, like a like you say, actually talk, sit back and relax, and and be able to get a real feel for what for what they're saying, almost. Um, and and that's why I've personally fallen in love with the platform, and and hope that it continues growing. And as you just said, with the Joe Rogan podcast, where he signed a hundred million pound dollar deal, obviously the big dogs in in the right chairs think the same way. Yeah, yeah, they agree. Do you know what I mean that they know this is where it's going, and they and they they do think that that podcasts um, haven't really even started yet. They will start accruing. Huge, um like huge teams behind what's going out. It won't just be a guy. Yeah, it won't just be a guy like me sitting in sitting in his kitchen looking around. Right. Well, yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Because, because, and and you imagine at the moment it's just a conversation. But when editors start getting into it and start like exploring the platform and getting more creative, do you think though, then
0: it loses, then it loses its integrity after a while. Once you get editors in and you know, you have a whole bunch of audio technicians. You know, you have vocal coaches for podcasts and all this bollocks. you think it will that? You know, it could go that way, by the sounds of it. Yeah, if well, you're it, spending I, I'm million, sure it will. I'm,
2: yeah. i Yeah, yeah, I'm, and I'm sure. And then, and then also at the same time, with with sort of um like, um the like it, it it you don't want people to start having too much control over what is going on in the podcast as well, because as soon as it does start to get like you know with film as soon as it does start to get a lot of money involved then the people that are funding it might not want certain things uh, being spoke about
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, as as much as, you know, many people hate Mark Zuckerberg for what he's become when he started Facebook, whatever, 20 years ago, whenever it was, I doubt he had bad intentions with it whatsoever, you know. Um, yeah. But the way it's Have you mass- seen
2: The Social Network?
0: No, I've never actually seen it. I'm a massive fan of Fincher, uh, the guy who directed it, um, but I've never actually seen it. I like Jesse Eisenhower, Jesse Eisenhower as well, um, but I've never actually seen The Social Network. I don't know why, it just doesn't actually seem that interesting.
2: Uh, nah, I've the, heard it's the, yeah the social network sorry I, that's that's okay but what, what the other one though the social dilemma is what I was trying to um is, is saying have you have you heard of that one
0: I think I've heard of. It. What's, what's is it the film like kind of slagging off Facebook
2: yeah it's like a Netflix documentary about mm-hmm. um like it's about Google actually originally and it's about how everybody sort of turned like willfully blind to to what was going on within the company because they they were just sort of um they they were just making they they didn't think it was anything to do with them and then yeah what what he tried to this this guy he was a worker for Facebook no for Google mm. and he started to realize like how like whoa whoa, whoa hold on how is it us a hundred people in an office are suddenly monitoring and directing the way that the whole entire world's conversation is going you know and yeah, and yeah. they it, it just became bigger and it has become bigger than any anyone can deal with like or or was ready for and and you know now now we're here with with people clearly being sort of like like on their screen the other day and people have started to work out how to take advantage of that and you know and echo chambers have started to arise and 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 political opinions and it's becoming Mm -hmm. hasty and nasty and this really 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 sort of dark underworld where nobody's really aware of of what an individual is getting shown on their screen Like you don't know what your kids are getting shown you don't know what your yeah. granddad's getting shown or your or, or your uncle who's coming out with these all crazy theories and what and what sort of facebook groups that he's found himself in um and and it's like this like strange connection that you individually have with no one that is essentially an algorithm uh, yeah and how much and how much this algorithm has has taken has just taken over, uh, and it, and it's but it's it's not anyone. You think it's this evil? No, but it's no one. The algorithm is acting. It hasn't got emotions. It's showing you what you think you might want to watch, you, yeah. And, and what the what what the social dilemma makes a point of is like these things, like Alex Jones or or QAnon or these big conspiracy theorists. They 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 are reaching you. Okay so here's the example that he basically said on this podcast I heard was like if if you're watching if you're a parent and mm. you 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 are like particularly interested in this 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 whatever aspect of something if you watch that video once of um kids and pedophiles online then the what the algorithm does is say, oh, that you like kids uh, like videos about pedophiles, basically, and then you get shown more and more videos about pedophiles, hence making the issue seem a lot bigger because it's the only content that you are ever seeing, uh, right, and then you right, get deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper into this pit of of um, of these things, and this is how conspiracy theories grow because if one aspect a person likes this particular conspiracy theory, that's it,
0: yeah. You know, yeah, because I read this thing day. about the the Q and thing. I only found out kind of what you know that the, the PizzaGate uh thing. I only kind of found out about what this is this sort of summer whilst we were in lockdown. I generally I thought it was the most fucking stupid thing I have ever heard in my life. But it was ridiculous. But I decided to have a little read about it. And I literally, I only read a Wikipedia. Um, I didn't actually do much research. Probably more research, however, than the people who believe in this stuff did. Um, and then I decided to. I was like, but why do people believe in this? You know, I was like. What what have the stepping stones happened for for people to believe in something that that seems so ridiculous? And the saying, by you know these psychologists, you know far smarter than I am in that area of field, you know they're like you know there's, there's maybe other negative things happening within these people's lives, and they they kind of they can't blame it on a certain person. They don't have any, they they're not they're out of control of what's happening to them. So they they try and find something that they can. Build a community around that like we were talking about, and it happens to be this ridiculous pizza restaurant in Hollywood somewhere, yeah. <laughs> and it just it it, it spiked it spiked up a lot of interest. To me, it just seems completely bonkers. But there are people who would think I'm completely bonkers for not believing it, you know.
2: Yeah. And they go, have you not seen the evidence? Have you not seen this? And it's like, yeah, but the evidence It's a video on YouTube. Fact, mate. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fact Yeah, fact checking, fact <laughs> checking evidence is like a lost art now, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and we, it's like you've given, it's like you've given journalistic power to everyone, you know, but, but no one's really clued up on, on fact checking and looking yeah. into things. And at the same time, you're being told not to trust. a lot of America and a lot of, you know, this country are being told not to believe what they read, um, but believe what we say. And they go, yeah, well, your your views kind of align with things that I think, so I'm just going to believe whatever you say on top of, on top of that, <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. You know,
2: yeah, that, oh, you know, oh, you're worried about immigration? Oh, me too. And then as soon as they've got you as friends on worried about immigration, then everything else can came out come out just like what happened during Brexit.
1: Yeah, completely. Uh, yeah, and,
2: and I think, I, I like I said, I'm not totally bleak about it. I think it was just a necessary stage of of um evolving and and learning how to use the internet this sort of stuff came about uh, and we're becoming more clued up on that i think uh, as a as as a nation generally
0: yeah absolutely you know well you know 20 years ago well, early 2000s when the internet kind of really picked off even when it was still dial up mode even pre-wi-fi people had no idea what the internet was going to become they the people who kind of started this they had no fucking idea what they were doing you know um and it just took off and it got so big. And then obviously things died out quickly. You know, things started, and they died like, you know, MySpace, Yahoo, Ask Achieves, you know, they were always kind of big. But then it just, it got solidified into a few companies, a few a few single powers for like Facebook and Google. Um, and then, but, but still, you know, in, in 20 years time, where the hell are we going to be? It's like, it's only the last few years that TikTok's got big and now TikTok is like the biggest thing. You know, who could have imagined? Yeah, and
2: I'm I now, I'm now starting to feel old because I don't have a TikTok and I haven't really, like, <laughs> yeah. been, been, like, I'm really not interested in getting one. And I, I've been on it before and it, you don't know, it just seems a bit, like, a bit strange. Like, about 40% is just young girls, which yeah. I, uh, I clearly, like I don't dancing think. dancing to think, a song like,
0: that I've never heard because I don't listen to young people's music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, exactly. And
2: and, and as, as we mentioned earlier, these people are, ga- are gaining fame off the back of this. And it's mm. just like you know, in 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 twenty years, will will people still be interested in watching you dance like that when you're thirty five? No chance. I yeah, I don't think I don't think they are. And you know, we're sort of celebrating it and yeah. and encouraging it, and 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 ignoring the sort of power that these these individuals aren't actually having, but are temporarily holding. If you know, and 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 what and what they're doing to maintain it, and what they're saying. It's just, uh, yeah. Who knows what it's going to yeah, go? It's, it's I, a strange
0: direction. I just don't get it. You know, I'm pretty bad of all social media. I just don't really have any interest in it. You know I, mean? I I go on Facebook and I see people I went to school with having kids, getting married, buying houses. I'm just like, piss off, mate. I ain't got none of that. And, um, <laughs> but you know, TikTok. I said, well, similar to you, I've, I've downloaded TikTok just kind of out of curiosity to see what it's about. And within three minutes, I was like. I have no interest in this and I can't,
2: I saw right, a big thing the other day on the New York Times Journal, New York Journal. And it was this it was this article basically saying to parents, screen time is not bad for your kids. Scientists have done research into it. It's not bad. It, if anything, it's a good thing. You know, it encourages uh, sort of getting together, it encourages gaming, encourages community and it encourages like team building, it encourages bond, bonding and communication. Yeah, yeah. All right. Fair enough. How irresponsible though, because what you're not covering is what the screen is taking away from the, like it's depriving people of moments that they could use to grow as a person because instead they're like hooked in onto their phone and stuff and, and they're hooked into all these other things and they're not learning other lessons. And then like, you know, that classic stand up to the bully. You know, stand up to the bully. You know, or or do this or do that. Like, you know, that 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 have a physical uh, and feel yourself. You know, like be, be a be a man and say I'm not stand up to it. That that doesn't exist anymore because they're stuck behind their screens and they're scared and they don't want to. They don't. You know, they eat, like they can't stand up for themselves and and they never learn how to. They 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 just learn to suppress and and you know and may, maybe maybe then found a, an unhealthy community for them to join. You know, like an unhealthy outlet for for loads of other kids that are getting bullied. You know, i.e. school shooters in America. You, you know, they they find themselves in this community, and 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 because they they're not being forced to to stand up for themselves. It's well, keyboard I think,
0: I think that it's a double edged sword. Double edged sword on, on the online stuff. Obviously, there's there's lots of people, like young or old, really. You know, who find they don't really fit in 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 kind of the norm, and they might. You know, obviously there there are a lot of other people in the world that they will fit in with. But they they might not have the means to actually meet them in person. So online can be the thing. Do you know what I mean? You might find, you know, going back to your fucking broccoli lovers forum and meet loads of other broccoli lovers. Um and that be your yeah. place. Obviously you can never do that in person. and perhaps some of these people Um, whether it's broccoli love or not might not be the person who could who could take this sort of be the man and stand up for yourself sort of thing maybe there's not that people you know not everyone can live to that standard of being a man male or female you know Uh, you know not everyone can be be standing up for themselves it's just you know people are different. Um, again, look, I've
2: fallen into the trap of saying the wrong thing, and I'm going to try my best not to be cut it out. Right? Yeah. You're going to
0: cut it out. That's that's what you're going to no, do. Not, yeah, No, I'm not going to cut it out.
2: You know, I'm going to say something. I admit I made a mistake there, and I, and I don't believe that people should always be a man, you know. Um, but but again, you know, this is and this is where a lot of people, if this was a massive podcast, people people go, ahead and, how can you say that? How can you say that? Oh, yeah. if you
0: had a hundred million subs, this was live, mate. Like, you'd be fucking roasted right now. The lynch mobs would be at your door. Yeah, no, no, yeah, and, and that's it.
2: Door, yeah, I've been getting told in going. Lewis hates men that aren't men. <laughs> yeah. He he he's a chauvinist pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like now, nah, obviously, I don't believe in that, but he you votes know, you make, you make... Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. Put me in a chat. Tr- I might as well just wear a Trump hat. And, 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 and... <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it is it's true, though, isn't it? it is yeah, true. Completely, the, the, okay. Completely. Yeah, at the same time, it's built a community. Do you <laughs> yeah. know what? Then the the only answer is is maybe. Just, just take privacy away, you know. Take, take completely make everything transparent, um, and 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 then surely we'd be able to monitor all this a lot more.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think because you, you get these armchair worries and you, you go on any like you go on. You, well, look at the comments section to to any article from like the Sun or the Daily Mail or even the Guardian or any shit on YouTube. Oh, there's so much hatred and vile shit. In the comment section to stuff because people you know, they're so private they can hide it. They yeah. can sit on their sofa with their wife and kids pretending they're some idyllic family and like absolute vile filth on the comment section of something else. Yeah. And it's
2: and they can this, they get away with it. There's this, case, you know, like you you go outside on the high street. Where is it? I just see people shopping and playing, taking their kids to the park. That's it. You know, and, but and then, where were these, but people, then these
0: these revolutionaries who say they're going to stop it? Where the fuck are they? Yeah. At the same time, and then, yeah. And,
2: yeah where are they and but mm. then are these the same people that are going home and spouting all this and mm. but then on 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 the outside living this like you say idyllic family life like like who are these people like who are are there any of these people? is it just one or two people that are getting blown up to look like the mass? You know, it, it, it's yeah. it, 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 it's if, if we maybe in a horrible, weird way just get rid of everyone's privacy. You know, and just say, right, everyone's just got to be open and transparent about what they do. You're not allowed to have any secrets. You're not allowed to hide anything. As sort of scary as that sounds, you know, yeah. you're not you have to be totally public. Surely that's a good thing. I heard, I had someone say it right the other day. Back in the day when we all lived in like communities and that, you knew Mister Fisher at the at the I'm not going to say fish and chip shop cuz that's too obvious. You you knew you knew <laughs> so Mr Fisher shop, Mr. at Fisher, the,
0: the bait shop. Yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah yeah
2: Mr Fisher baking his bread. You you knew him uh, and you knew his family, your family had a reputation. Oh yeah, his wife's very good. She does cake sales and she does a lot for the community. Oh, the kids are always dressed nicely, they're always looking nice and smart. You know, when 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 did we allow ourselves to just be this like hidden dark entity that belongs to these scary like these groups yes. that are existing and, and supporting and sharing all this hate. If if half these people had to go out tomorrow, either side stand in the middle of the high street of a megaphone, would they say all this? Fuck no, fuck no, no, mm. they wouldn't say this. They would never mm. say this. So 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 maybe as as horrible as it sounds, stealing everyone's privacy, saying now nah, you know what guys, you know if you haven't got nothing to hide, don't worry about it. And if and if you want to say these things, say it in front of everyone. People might start to be ashamed. Of the views, they quite clearly know are wrong. But then, at the same point, I think they've they've been pushed into that corner because nobody's listening to them.
0: Well, that's it. The worst thing, one of the worst things on the left is when you know you find any any UKIP or whatever, and they're immediately branded a bigot or a racist or whatever. They're you know they're they're not this. Do you know what I mean? That that's such a naive way to think of anyone who who votes differently or thinks differently from you is. Is an awful person. That's completely wrong. That is the entirely wrong way to think about it. Mm. Um, you know, understand what's gone into it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No.
2: Yeah. No. That. That is it. I Un- understand. Well, and again, this is this is all what we've been saying the whole time throughout this conversation today is just like, be more aware when you're going into conversations, you know, be, don't just autopilot attack anyone that disagrees with you and autopilot agree with anyone that agrees with you. You know, like just take the time, listen to the podcast on that person, you know, don't take the noun, but listen to them talk for two hours and then make your decision on, on what, where they're coming from that just have,
0: have have the space to have a discussion be in an open space where you can discuss your things whether whether you agree on certain things or not just discuss it you know yeah. don't don't everyone now has the idea a debate is like proving someone wrong that's not a debate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A debate yeah. is discussing your ideas and maybe coming with a common answer. It's not proving something wrong. We live in a world where we have to prove something wrong. It's total yeah. fucking... It's a farce, mate. It's, just, it's a fucking shit show. Even as debate, like you say, debate just to me
2: now. I'm I've been programmed and conditioned to it sound like an aggressive word. If someone says do you want to debate, my back's up already. Yeah, what do yeah, you want yeah. to debate about?
0: <laughs> yeah, come yeah. on, you want to get aggy? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You want to yeah. debate? Oh, come on, I'll debate you on this. It's not like should we? If, if the real the real definition mm. of debate, you know, is like coming to a conclusion in a mutual agreement on something or trying to find yeah. that common ground. If anything now, it's like trying to protect the ground that I stand on and ruin or, yours. Or destroy someone
0: is a good word that people use. He was destroyed in a debate. So yeah. fucking bollocks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah such so shit. true. Yeah. Everyone's,
2: yeah, I get, but I get pulled in on that. If I see mm. my favorite, one of my favorite speakers, and it says "crushes" this in debate, I'm going, "Yeah, mm. I want to see it. I want to <laughs> yeah. see the blood on the other person's soil." That's a
0: clickbait. Clickbait. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's it. And, and I want to see, I want to see the blood spill on his standpoint. I don't want to see that stand anymore. You know? Yeah. And it is, it's, it's the clickbait behind it. So it's <laughs> like just, you know, in terms of a community and just, and just, and just being more aware and conscious when you're going into a conversation, what you're trying to achieve. And if you're trying to achieve hate or destruction or winning, like you're playing into the hands of the people that are, causing the issues really mm. you know it should a, a much more and i think day to day people generally in real life do abide by those rules but i think it's about bringing those that that like abiding onto the in onto the social internet uh social media platforms as well
0: yeah but it's, it's just it's, it's, it's so anything online is impossible to, to kind of kind of control or gauge you know i mean it's such a free for once you get online it's such a free for yeah, and and that and I think that'll be the big that'll be the next step
2: in history, would not it? The big move will be how they how they manage that because it has to be it has to do something, doesn't it?
0: Well, yeah, it they has have... to be managed in some sort of sense, and a, obviously, well, as we talked about earlier, you know, Facebook are cutting the anti-vax stuff, you know, so they're they're trying to manage it in some sort of way. But if they manage it too much, they'll kill their platform. They'll kill their revenue. You know, they yeah. they still must allow a certain freedom of freedom of voice. Freedom of speech because yeah. if, if they if they get to too managing it another platform will, will launch that isn't monitored and everyone will flock to that you know wow yeah i didn't really think about that mm. so
2: yeah someone where, where you're not where you are allowed to say what you want and this 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 apparent revolutionary new tool rises i mean this yeah. must have happened i'd love for a historian to be sitting next to us right now and tell us where to shut up because this has been going on throughout the whole of human history <laughs> but um but, yes. you know, I think it's it's just a new way, isn't it? The new way mm. that we are connected. But I guess we're connected in an even... It's probably just a, like you say, a natural step in our evolution, because because now we're we're having that conversation not only within our in our pubs and in our town halls, we're having it on a global scale that we all get to monitor and hopefully come to conclusion. And then and then once we've sorted that out, the aliens can come down and introduce us to the galactic network, and we'll all be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: The Vulcans <laughs> will come and give us warp drive.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they'll say, "Well done, my children! You have achieved. Like you are now this <laughs> this species yeah. that can join the Wait, space."
0: Proper digressing. Proper digressing. Everyone watching Star. Star Trek Discovery. Are you a Star Trek fan?
2: Nah, I I feel like i enjoy it, man.
0: It's so good. It's so good. Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, it's a Netflix one. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant.
2: I'm gonna put an episode on now. Actually, I think I'm. I'm adequately. I've had two cans of beer, and I feel really up for it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna force out it. She's not gonna be too happy when I walk in and say, "Oh, I've got a great episode of Star
0: Trek to watch." Go go from Discovery season one episode one. It's it's it's, it's shit hot. Um, I won't go to Star Trek two. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm, a, no, I'm a I'm a massive Star Trek fan. Yeah, uh, always have been, always will be. Um, yeah. So and that's the best one to start on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's a cool. modern one. It's it's completely different from what Star Trek used to be. Yeah. Um, completely totally different. Uh, but it's shit hot. It's it, has hot same, it has the same. It has the same uh morals to Star Trek. Star Trek is a massive like fucking woke left liberal preaching song of fucking, you know, equality. That that's entirely what Star Trek is.
2: I didn't know that. I just thought it was some sort of like nerdy Star Warsy sort of sci fi fantasy world. No, do
0: you know Star Trek was the first program to have a black female character? This is the nineteen sixties version. Wow, that
2: that so yeah. they they've they, it's always followed too in the, in that sort of direction. Yeah, What's that, so what yeah. are they talking about then? Are they talking about like intergalactic connectivity between races and cultures? Like, is this what they're trying to achieve?
0: Yeah, just the the idea of Star Trek is to create a better universe for people to live in. And that's what the protagonists are going around
2: trying to achieve. Is that like the day to day? Yeah. Are they doing it by killing bad guys and stuff, or are they doing it on sort of a more spiritual level?
0: Well they might also kill good guys, but it's 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 for the greater good. So they, they, they had this term uh what is it? Um the needs of the many are better than the needs for the one. Well, the needs of the many are better than the needs of the few.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so that screams that screams lefty yeah lefty stuff, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And the third season of Star Trek Discovery, which is is the one that's on now, uh, is the the first TV show to have a, I might pronounce this or put this in the wrong way, a binary person. I believe that is the right way to say it.
2: Yeah. Is it non-binary or binary? Um,
0: uh, Neither a male or female.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it's non-binary. Non-binary, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so they had a non-binary character. First TV show to do that. So, a non-binary actor or a non-binary character?
0: The character done by the actor. Okay, right, yeah, yeah,
2: Hmm. Um, that's yeah, that's pretty mad. Hmm.
0: Again,
2: shows like that. I mean, but it's 2020.
0: It's the first TV show to do it.